0: In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part? is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at streamgrace.com or email us at support at streamgrace.com. God bless.
1: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Yule.
2: Hey guys, welcome to the Renewed You podcast. So glad to have you today. Um, This morning, our podcast is sponsored by New Life Church. We want to encourage you to visit their website at newlifeokc.org. It's a new church that's coming to South Oklahoma City in early 2021. We thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about living a simple life. So far, we've been talking about mental health, spiritual health, and physical health a little bit. Today, we're going to talk about how important living a simple life can be when it comes to helping us experience the best life. Now, listen, a simple life isn't about seeing uh, how little we can live with. That, that's a poverty mentality. Really, a simple life is learning how to efficiently live with the things that provide the best results for our life. And sometimes that's less stuff, and sometimes that's just changing stuff in our life. Like, for example, uh, some people, they get to a stage in their life, and they realize their house is too big for the season that they're in, and they will downsize their house in order to live a simpler life. But there's actually all kinds of ways that we can simplify our life to help us live more successfully and just have a better experience at living. Today, I want to introduce you to two friends of mine, Jason and Delenn. They are joining us via FaceTime uh, from Arizona, and uh, they are just a unique couple. Jason, I recently met and just had a connection with this guy. So Jason, thanks for joining me today.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: And Delin I have known for a long time and again recently we got reconnected and um she actually has an album out uh, that you could get on Spotify and Apple Music. Y'all to check it out. Uh DeLynn, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. I only know you as Johnny, so that's all.
2: That's <laughs> all right. That's all good. Um and uh, I do want to start off by saying this couple has a fantastic YouTube channel. And uh, my wife and I have watched, I think almost every episode, unless they've put one out in the last couple of days. Uh, and uh, I want to encourage all of you to check it out. It's called our not so perfect life. And it's a channel that you can get on YouTube. And um, it, it's a great, uh, it's a fun show as they just show you kind of their journey. And we're going to get into how that all has come about in their life i want to start off with jason jason why don't you just give me a high overview on your life and uh kind of what's been up with you lately
3: yeah man um so i graduated from the school of hard knocks and uh (laughs) i I graduated valedictorian (laughs) um yeah just uh, i mean i've i've had uh, quite an array of a career um know, as electrician uh did a little bit in the ministry I've been a professional sports photographer for a a decade. Uh, So that's how I started my photography career. And um, it just really kind of opened up a lot of doors of opportunity for me. And then kind of when everything flipped upside down with how the world is currently, uh, we just made sort of like a pivot and started creating videos. Uh, Instead, we create videos for ourselves and create content videos for uh, other organizations. And um, I really believe it was because of my experience in the sports industry and doing photography there that I was able to kind of learn on the job. <laughs> I was yeah. so unqualified, but, you know, just a, just a guy that would go out and do it.
2: Now, let's just start right here because you told me a little bit before uh, about that story. Dive into that, how how the uh, sports photography thing came about? Because one of the things we've talked about on an earlier podcast is that most of us don't really realize that the the doors of opportunity swing on the hinges of relationships. And sometimes uh, there are relationships that we can have in life. We have no idea what they may be opening for us later on down the road. Just, just tell them a little bit about how that happened for you.
3: Man, that's really just so true. Um, it's so interesting how m- my sports photography happened. So I was actually without a job and i was shooting virtual tours for like real estate places and you know different things like that and i was shooting a virtual tour on a guy who owned a luxury yacht up in michigan and he would take clients out on this yacht and he would use it as like a way for him to to like close deals you know and i didn't know who he was or anything like that i didn't know what he did for a living uh so i went out there and we had a lot of fun we laughed you know i kind of treat every Person, client, whatever—the same. It doesn't matter how little or how much you have, and we just laughed a lot and just enjoyed each other's company that day. And when I was in the parking lot leaving, it was this odd, like cinematic moment where, like, I'm walking away. Like, just imagine the music playing, and he's like, "Hey, Jason," and I turn around, and he's like, "Man, you never know who you're going to meet one day. I hope you 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 treat every client the way that you have treated me today." And uh, I didn't know what to say, so I was like. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it turns out he was the uh, um, global B- global VP for um, broadcasting for the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, he called me back eight months later. And he said, Hey, man, I have been procuring a job for you. And I'd like to give it to you because of how you treated me that day on my yacht. Um, can you make it to Detroit today? So I drove down to Detroit. And he ended up providing me an opportunity with a huge um, photograph job for the Red Wings. And um, it ended up winning some media awards and stuff like that. And so it just, um, man, I was terrified. I wasn't qualified. I just said yes. I actually went out and purchased a bunch of equipment to make sure I could uh, do the job better than what I even knew how. I Googled a lot like how to take pictures.
2: <laughs> so you really didn't have any experience? Or very
3: No, little. actually. No. I Well, not in when, that
1: industry. Yeah.
3: So like when I was taking pictures, when I when I won when I won the contract to start taking photos, I literally went home and Googled how to take pictures. Like I knew how to take <laughs> pictures with a camera, but I had no idea professionally how to shoot images whatsoever. I knew nothing about composition or framing or anything like that. I just what I thought looked good. And I would just take pictures.
2: <laughs> so you started taking pictures and yep. uh, what, what job did he procure for you?
3: So I did this massive, like 4,000 image job of the, of the inside of what was then called the Joe Lewis arena. And basically the, the job that I did was I would create, um, I don't know how to, I would paint a picture with my pictures and and create a sense of environment um in the live game setting and what it would do is it would it would help like places like verizon or t-mobile or sprint or mercedes it, the pictures i would take would help share the story about why they want to spend a quarter of a million dollars on a piece of inventory right so i'm not going to shooting you know like lebron james or any of those guys like i'm going to shoot the venue itself but in a live game setting and the and the pictures i take tell a story about why inventory pieces in a, in a sports arena are so valuable.
2: So from that one job, did you get others?
3: Yeah. So it was kind of funny because I was actually sitting on my couch. Uh, It was in December. I was literally by myself and I pick up the call and it was the Cleveland Browns next. They're like, Hey, we heard about what you did with the Detroit Red Wings. Are you busy? And so I like, I put the phone down for like a second. I was like, yeah, let me check my calendar. And I like held the phone away from me. And I was like, yeah, it looks like my calendar's clear. I can be there. I was like, I was just a chump kid with a camera, you know? And I I had no idea what I was even getting into. And and then it just really started to snowball. Uh, A marketing company picked me up. And um, I've been with that sports media agency uh, since day one. And um, what's really great about that too is, I've, I've been so loyal to them and they've been loyal to me. We've never signed an exclusive agreement between each other. Uh, and we have always just taken care of each other real well in business. And yeah. I think that that's rare in today's day and age, but I'm really fortunate for that.
2: So one little job that you weren't even expecting to become anything major. Right. Turned into a major opening for your life.
3: It turned into a a complete pivot in career for the, for my life. And really, you know, to be able now to say 10 years later that I've photographed for every major sports vertical and probably every major sports team that you could even name across the industry, um, is a resume that I would have never in a million (laughs) years have thought like if someone had said to me 12 years ago, you're going to shoot sports and you're going to shoot for every major team that you can imagine. I would be like, no, I'm not. And, um, so it's really humbling. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I just learned and continued to, you know, try to improve myself in that craft and the same kind of was with video as well. And if we can get into that later too, about how, how it is, I kind of even came to sure. shoot videos, even like for our not so perfect life YouTube channel, how, how that kind of came about okay. as well.
2: Well, I want to pivot to Delin here in just a minute, but, uh, I just want to ask you, I want to give you a chance. Um, right here. uh, We are still in the midst of a culture that is in incredible flux uh, because of the craziness that is going on in our world at this time. I mean, here we are about to the Christmas season of 2020, and um, there's a lot of uncertainty. um, And yet you are talking about seasons in your life where you were uncertain and things how how just chance meetings uh, kind of allowed you to pivot into a new direction. So to those that are listening today who are wondering, can I really ever change my life? Um uh, what would you in just with no prep time at all to write any notes. Gosh. Come on, man. What would you say to someone who is struggling like that and knows they've got to make a change in their life? They don't know what that's going to look like, but at least they're open to it. What What would you say to them to encourage them in this season of our life right now? Oh,
3: man. Okay. So, I really wish you would have given me this question earlier. No,
2: <laughs> no better um, time. But look, man, instant in season and out of season. I'm hitting you yeah. out of season.
3: <laughs> yes, Yeah, no, really. So there's actually two pieces of that that question that I can answer. And I'll make them very quick. One is stay the course like you. You absolutely if you start veering from course to course to course and just jump from what you know into something you don't know, um, there can be catastrophic fallout from that. So currently stay the course. When I was shooting photography, I was shooting virtual tours and real estate stuff. I didn't like it, but I stayed the course. I had no idea that this guy was going to call me. That phone call came eight months after I shot his yacht. Had I just jumped. So
2: wait, it wasn't like immediate. So no. uh, Okay. So wow. Okay.
3: So that was an eight-month gap between the, the day I shot his yacht. And he says, Jason, you never know who you're going to meet. And I thought, this is weird. Okay, thank you. Eight, eight months later, he called me and said, because of how you treated me. So I would say to somebody, stay the course. Stay the course with what you're doing. The second thing of that is pursue your passions on the side, right? Like really pers- passion. And how you can pursue it is maybe not by doing it, but by learning the craft of it. Right. If you want to learn how to build stuff, if you want to learn how to take pictures, if you want to learn how to do uh, play the guitar, play the guitar, stay the course with what you're doing, but pursue those passions on the side. And I think if you can do both of those things, but the first one, stay in the course, do it and do it with all of your might. Mm-hmm. The doors of opportunity will open up and you will have chances to share your story with people. You will, whether it's someone at a grocery store or whether it's a close friend or maybe somebody that you didn't think you would, you know, be able to connect with and have some sort of contact with, start to share those passions, but stay the course, do well with what's in front of you, do the very right. best that you can, as if you were doing it for, you know, like God himself. If you, yeah. were doing, if you were a janitor, be the best janitor that you could absolutely be, as if you were cleaning God's bathroom and stay the course and know that through that consistency. Sure. And if you, you know, your, your doors of opportunity absolutely can open up,
2: man, I did not know, or at least I don't remember that eight month gap when you told me that story the first time, but that makes it even more powerful about how that we've got to, we've got to be very intentional about how we treat every single person right in front of us. We have no idea. What Im- I mean you obviously made an impact on this guy who is probably used to uh, walking in circles way bigger than you were involved in and making major deals and yet this young guy treated him in such a way that stood out among all the other power players in his life, and he went to right. bat for you for months to set up that job for you that eventually became that opening. And sometimes I think that we look at people in who they are now. And we, we do, we treat people differently based on what we think we can get out of the situation. Um, in our, in our network, we call those transactional relationships, um, relationships that are here just as long as you can do something for me, we're in relationship together, but the relationships that change our lives and change other people's lives, are the ones where we are mutually benefiting each other and and we're there for the long haul. And yeah. I just think it's great that this guy's still in your life. And I think that's a great uh, story for everybody who's listening. Treat everyone great. Treat them like they're the key to your success because they are stay the course that, that you're going. Don't give up on what it is that you're doing and then pursue whatever it is that's driving you pursue those passions on the side. Um, and then just wait for, for God to open things up or opportunity to come knocking at your door
3: yeah Yeah. great
2: stuff right there hey i want to pivot to a uh young lady that i met i'm not even going to say how many years ago Um, (laughs) she was i believe 18 uh, 18 or 19 17. 17 17 Even yeah. more impressive. Um, <laughs> this young lady uh, made an impact on my life and my wife's life um, to, a, to a point that um, uh, we actually invited her, told her we'd, we'd make a place for her in our little apartment if she needed some place to live. We just really fell in love with the wind And um, she has got a voice from heaven. So I'm serious. Go to YouTube. I mean, go to Spotify. Um, I bought her album off of Apple music you can get it there and just look for Delenn And, um, it's a great, it's a great album. Um, I would encourage you to go listen to it, but Dylan, tell everybody a little bit about you. Um, and, uh, then we'll just kind of talk for a few minutes. Let, let Jason drink his coffee over there.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Um, I mean, I I don't know where to begin, but yeah, I guess uh, we could begin way back then. I, um, you know, um, have always loved singing and, um, you know, was doing praise and worship at the church together um, where uh, you and I went together and continued to do that for quite a few years. Um, I, I had no idea how to really play anything except for the piano, which I had taken like four lessons when I was... 10 years old. And so I really didn't know much. But um, years and years and years later, after doing music for so long, I thought, you know, I really want to, um, I really want to write. And I did not know how to play the guitar. All I knew is how to play uh, the piano ish. So I sat down at an organ, actually. And uh, because that's all that was in front of me at the time. Um, I had just gone through, a, a divorce and I sat down at an organ and I started playing. Um, mind you, I didn't even know what chords exactly it was that I was playing. Um, and I started, I would, I would record them with my phone and, and just, um, record what it was that I was playing. And then I would get other musicians around me and, um, and play it for them and say, what what chords are these? <laughs> what, what can we do with this? And um, I picked up a guitar and started teaching myself. And I went to YouTube as well. And um, just started learning songs that I liked. I heard somebody say, hey, if, if you want to learn how to play an instrument, find songs that you really love. And you can go on YouTube and you can learn how to play them. So so I did. And again, I had no idea what I was even playing. I was just watching what they were playing on the screen. And then I would put my fingers there and play it. So I started listening and hearing what different, you know, movements with my fingers would make. And so then I started writing some songs on the guitar. And again, I pulled musicians around me and I said, okay, here's something I wrote. I think it sounds really great but I don't even know what it is. So can you, can you write these chords down for me so I can have other musicians play with me and we can make a song? Um, and Thankfully, I had some really great friends that were great musicians. And, um, and we all just put our heads together and they um, helped me to make songs out of what I was writing. And still to this day, um, the, all those songs on that album, I, I wrote all of them, the music and the lyrics, um, but I couldn't even tell you the chords and stuff for, <laughs> um, for those songs, I just, it's, I just played. And yeah. whatever sounded right, that's what I did. So speaking of staying the course and being persistent, I was actually um, not doing music at all as a career whatsoever. I was working as an office manager and um i really wanted to write this album so i um, got all this band together and we went into the studio actually in 2012. okay and it took me eight was it seven seven years seven years to actually complete that album the d sides that you were talking about Mm -hmm. so seven years of being patient and um trying to get the funds to make that because it it definitely took a lot of money Mm -hmm. so i waited seven patient years to be able to finish (laughs) that album
2: (laughs) seven patient years for her to finish her first Album, but I'm just here to tell you, folks. I know there's more in Delyn and Delyn. I told you that, and Shannon and I believe in that. And uh, so, you let us know when you're ready to hit that second one, and um, <laughs> we'll send you some funds. But uh, we just we love you. You know that. So, um, you you made an album, um, and uh, you mentioned that, um, and and I'll just say this out front. One of the things I love about Jason and Delyn both is they both come from um, uh, backgrounds that aren't perfect um, uh, both of you have, uh, had a breakup at some point in your marriage and Delyn, you just referenced that. So, um, how about we jump to a little bit of fun and talk to me about how that this young man from, you were in Michigan, right? Jason is, is, yeah. is that about right? And Dylan, you're, 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 you were in Arizona, which I think is where you're from. If I remember correctly, um, at least that's where you came to our church from, yep. um, yep. from back over there. So how, how did how did Prince Charming show up in your life?
1: <laughs> For one second, I thought you were going to say, let's jump to something fun and talk about your exes.
2: <laughs> no, 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 Not no, no, even. no. Where are you going? <laughs> oh, <with this? laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. No way. No, I might do it to Jason, but I wouldn't do it to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, actually. Um, so, yeah, we, we were both married um, but pre- uh, previously. And so I really... You know, when I went through my separation and uh, divorce, I really thought, "No, oh, I'm never going to do this again." That that was pretty painful. Can we just
3: talk about the Jerry Springer side about how we met? <laughs> 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 Keep going. Dylan's, Dylan. like, Dylan's like all sweet about it. Like, there's there's such a strange story about how we actually met. You know?
1: No, but I I um I'm I'm getting to that because I actually didn't want um I just. I just didn't ever think I wanted to get married again. Um, You know, I kind of um, (sighs) carried a lot of pain from that and just thought, oh, that was terrible. I don't ever want to do that again. That was just that was awful. So I really didn't want a long term relationship. And then here comes Jason. Which, uh, as you said, it was long distance. Um, we did not meet on Tinder or on an online dating site. Uh, which a so... lot of A lot of people ask us that because right. we're like, oh, long distance. Did you meet on a dating site? No, we <laughs> actually
3: didn't. So much better than that. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait till my you guys dad, hear this. My dad introduced us.
3: Who was, wait, who was dating my ex-mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, what a tangled web. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: that's that's how my dad had met Jason um, was because he was dating his ex-mother-in-law. And so we J- used
3: to laugh a little bit and say, wait, so my ex-mother-in-law, if they end up getting married, could become my mother-in-law again.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That'd be weird. No, 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 no. <laughs> which, would, which
3: would then make which would then make my ex-wife my
1: sister in law No, oh. step-sister. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, can can you delete that part? Oh, can no.
2: We're going to leave that in there. Um so it, so uh, no, he that, he was up in Arizona. He, you were there doing a job for her dad. And again, yeah. you made You were just there doing a contracting job, basically, right? Had nothing to do with photography. That's right. Correct. But again, yep. you obviously treated this guy in such a way. See, there's a theme to your life, Jason. You treated this guy in such a way that it made such an impact on him that he comes home and begins to tell his daughter about this guy. To which Delin, who's not interested at this point in long-term <laughs> love, is, is how 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 serious were you about letting this guy get in touch with you? Did you give him your number? I mean, like most people do. What what did you do? No.
1: No, I was it, my dad pre- kind of like kept pestering me for about a month actually saying go can i just give him your number i just think you guys should talk you just have a lot in common he's a great guy his kids are so cute and they're so well behaved and your kids would just talk to him no dad no no dad no so finally after a month i said you know what dad just so he would quit quit pestering me about it i said um just give him my email address your email (laughs) Talk yeah, about the email. Talk about the digital
2: cold shoulder. Who checks their email anymore?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just to get my dad to stop, I told him, "Sure, give him." And, and my dad actually, he he. This is how he did it too. He goes this guy loves music. I just want to share your music with him. I think you should mm-hmm. just share your music. He would love it. And I said, fine, Dad, give him my email and and then I'll share my music with him. And so our first conversation, he's like, yeah, your dad said you do music. And I was like, yeah, here you go. Here's some music, you know, and sent it his way. And so then we started talking via email. Via like email. P- pen pals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like pen pals. And um, and then after, I don't know, a month or two of that, he says, you know, it's kind of hard. I don't really check my emails that often. Do you mind if I, I get your number? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I gave him my number. But we just text messaged. Even still after that, that's how mm-hmm. guarded I was. Um, so we only text messaged uh, for probably another six months after that. Like only text message conversations. Hey, what kind of peanut butter do you like, chunky or creamy? <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? Uh,
2: <laughs> but you were so guarded because just the pain that you had come through, and and you you didn't want to risk getting hurt again. Is that fair? Correct. And yeah, I think there's a lot fair of fair. ladies <laughs> that can identify with that right there, Delin. Um, that that maybe are going through times where they feel, you know, it's better to be alone than to risk being hurt again. And, and you set up all kinds of barriers and Jason, I got to give you credit, man. Cause you just, you blew through every single barrier, man. You never <laughs> gave up. I mean, you, she gives you her email and you eventually get bold enough to ask for her number. But at some point you guys had to get in the same space. How, how did that happen?
3: Well, so it was never really intentional to be like I want to be with this person. And right. I think that's what was so beautiful about it. Yeah. Because as much as, you know, her dad was like, "Man, you really got to, you know, you need to meet this guy." And he, you know, he would say to me like, "Geez, I really want you to meet my daughter." We both were kind of standoffish. I mean, she was next-level standoffish. I was <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. You can, you can give her my number. Uh, I live in Michigan. She lives in Arizona. That's about as safe as it could be. And, and that's where I, I had left it. And, and so when we started talking, it was only really just friendship. about, yeah. it was just about, you know, creating a friendship and creating, you know, this, this was an intriguing conversation. I'd never met someone that was so interesting to talk to. Right. And Peanut so better chunky or creamy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peanut yeah, exactly. Butter. <laughs> exactly. But but I mean we would we would talk about silly and stupid things yeah. like that all the way down to like deep meaningful spiritual, spiritual thing, Yeah. And and so it was just one of those things where the conversation just really lent itself to I want to talk to this person again. I want to talk to this person again. I want to talk to this person again. And so that's really how It started, we formed a friendship, we created a bond in that way far before there was ever like, hey, we should consider dating.
1: Yeah. And and even at the point where we we met for the first time, it was still very much, um, very much friendship building. And so he Uh, had... Full disclosure,
3: that was a game changer for me.
1: He had had a job um, in San Diego and was going to have a layover in Phoenix. And so he said, Hey, um, I got a job coming up for San Diego and I'm going to have a layover in Phoenix. It's only about a 20 minute, 15, 20 minute layover, but at least we could say hi and put a face to the conversation. Cause we had not ever seen each other. So
3: yeah, no pictures being yeah. taken.
2: Right. So
1: uh, I said, okay, that's a safe space. It's a, you know, airport full of people. It's only going to be for 15 minutes. Sure. Why not? Um, let's meet. So we met at the airport for the first time.
3: (laughs) And so I'm there and I'm walking up the concourse and there was like, I swear to you, there was fireworks going off behind her. There was like the pinwheel of sparklers going off and like I floated up the concourse. Right, I was like, my God, this woman is absolutely beautiful. And then I gave her a hug and she smelled so incredible. I was like, what, where, where has this woman been? And so we start chatting, and about ten minutes into the conversation, she's like, "Look, man, I'm a mom. Uh, your plane got delayed, so you're going to be in a layover for the, like next four hours." Yeah, it turned.
1: Some- you have to tell that important part because it turned from a fifteen minute visit to. The flight actually was delayed from San Diego to Phoenix. Yeah. So um, it was not his fault. It was the plane's fault. And once he landed in Phoenix, the other flight had already left. So then he had like a six-hour layover.
2: And was Deline ready for that?
1: No. And I said, hey! I got to go pick up my kids from my ex-husband. So if you'd like to um, stay at the airport, you can, and maybe we'll come back and hang out in the concourse, or you can come with me.
3: So I was like, you can leave the airport? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yes. I was like, all right, let's go. So literally the first time I meet my now wife, friend then, I go meet her kids and the ex husband mm. in the parking
2: yeah.
1: lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's juicy stuff. We're there. teeing it up for you right here. Yeah. Now. And uh up. uh
2: how how were you feeling during that whole thing, Delyn? I mean Jason's oh, seeing so fireworks, nonchalant. he's floating, he's fine, but how were you feeling?
1: Um, it was it was not the same for me. Um I was just kind of nonchalant, like, oh cool. Yeah, she was like, Oh huh. He's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, it's so it's so neat to actually like put a person yeah. to this. So, um yeah, so for me it was just like very very nonchalant and I I um I mean I enjoyed meeting him yeah. and it was you know, it was great to be in the same space after we had been talking for all these months sure. and, and, building this friendship. So it was really neat for me, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same experience as he had. So
2: <laughs> when did that, when did those, when did things start changing on your end? When did you start, start thinking, man, maybe there's something here, Dylan?
1: Um, well, after we met, we started talking on the phone actually. Um, cause we had never spoke on the phone before that. um, so we actually started talking to each other
3: every single day from
1: that day. Yeah, we really mm-hmm. did. We started talking on the phone every day and um, and and just uh, building a lot more of a friendship. So we
3: uh, there's some important things that you that I think we should share with you, Johnny. And, and it's this, right? So the feeling side that became very intense and strong came from me first, and so I, I that, that's pretty
2: you- obvious, there, man.
3: Yeah. And for those of you
2: that can't, I know you guys cannot see this couple, but Jason is not exaggerating when he says Dylan is a beautiful woman and she's, (laughs) but she is not just, she's not just physically beautiful. Dylan carries beauty inside of her. She carries a grace inside of her that, that just exudes from her. So Jason, you were right on with what you said about her.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I said, Hey, Dylan, we're on the phone day. I'm like, something's happening right in here. And I'm like circling around my chest and, (laughs) and I'm like, I, I, I I really think that something's happening, and she's like, "You're such a good friend." And (laughs) and friends, like, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm in the friend lagoon." I'm like, "No, this is this is horrible. This is going terribly wrong."
1: Actually, I think he literally said that. He's like, "Oh, so this is the friend lagoon, then, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's a great thing." I, I said, I. (laughs) <laughs> this is not a bad thing, Jason. Don't, don't act like this. Is- I'm like, that is a very good thing. You are in my friend's circle. And that is a really important thing, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I have all kinds of acquaintances, but very few that are really close friends and we were becoming very close friends. And I said, no, that that's actually a, a really good place to be. Trust me. And in my previous marriage, I wouldn't say that we were actually friends. Um, and so, for me, in any relationship, I wanted to to actually be friends. Um, and so, so to have that, so I wasn't trying to like shove him out. I was saying, no, this this is a really good place to be. Trust me, it's the only place you want to be right now.
3: <laughs> yeah. she said that though. I did hear in oh, the dude. background in my house. Wah, wah, yeah, wah, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But eventually, eventually, obviously, cause I want to, I'm, I'm setting up the next phase that I want to go to listeners. So eventually though, the ice broke and, yeah. um, eventually, uh, you guys obviously connected and believed, um, yeah. for both of you through your pain or whatever that God had brought you guys together.
1: That, Absolutely. And,
2: and, um, but I think just from everybody listening to your story, That your YouTube channel title now makes complete sense because so many people, uh, we compare ourselves to others and we always think or it's often that we do. We look at another couple or another family and think, oh, they've got the perfect life or they've got the perfect marriage. And in reality, the most honest thing we could ever say is, hey, none of us have a perfect life. You know, life is what we choose to make it as we come together with our baggage, with our pain, with our hopes, with our dreams. and, And we shove those things together and we work hard together to make life happen. And and that really is the title of their YouTube channel Our not so perfect life. And in just a minute, I want to segue into how you guys got into the traveling thing. Um, I do want to give one more plug just so everybody knows that in the description of this podcast, you're going to get both a link to the lens album. We're going to put that in there uh, to where you can go and get it. And um, I want to encourage those of you that are listening to go ahead and buy it. Okay. Don't just Spotify it go the extra step and buy it. Um, and we're also going to put a link into their YouTube channel, um, Our not so perfect life. So you can catch up with this incredible couple and kind of see, uh, what life is like for them. So you guys get married. Um, you both have kids, um, and, and what have you, but, um, how, how did you decide to do the whole, uh, travel in a trailer, uh, life taking simple so- life to the extreme?
3: Yeah, that's such a good question. There was so many combinations of things that were already happening. First and foremost, real quickly, that's something that Dylan and I've always wanted to do. Yeah. We knew that when we would be without the responsibility of raising kids on the daily, that we wanted to hit the road and travel. First in the US, get an RV, travel internationally, like travel is both in our blood.
1: We we've done it throughout our entire relationship. In fact, that's I mean, at the beginning because we were both in different states, we yep. traveled a lot just to be together. And right away from the beginning, we started traveling and we knew we wanted to keep life as simple as possible. Yes. And um, in our minds, in our mindset with raising five kids, um, being a blended family, having lots of um, exterior things that that life just brings with life. Um, and we knew we needed to keep things simple in our relationship um staying the course you know making sure that god was involved like a lot of just very simple basics for our relationship so once the opportunity came up um
3: because see we've already graduated our two oldest right and so our our youngest guys when everything was kind of blowing up they've already known that in 2020 let's
1: make sure that that's what we're referring to
2: you're talking about the corona issue
3: that's (laughs) affected all of us yes and so when all of those things happened, and of course, you know, being a sports photographer, my industry immediately dried up. You know, she was working for the Humane Society. The things that she was doing there dried up. So we went from having, you know, employment to having no employment. And we thought, this may be the best time. And when our two little guys were like, well, we want to go on adventures with you.
1: Right. Why it, Why wait till we're gone? Can we do this now?
3: <laughs> and so it really <laughs> caused us to stop and think about wow, maybe this is maybe this is a reality right now. So we spent some time behind closed doors, really giving it some thought, a lot of research. And when we decided to sell our house, we knew we were going to sell our house, but we hadn't yet had a plan of getting into an RV.
1: And to be clear, we knew we were going to sell our house in 2019. Mm-hmm. So we had already made that decision prior to, you know, coronavirus and everything taking place. We had already decided we are going to sell our house and we're going to simplify in in a lot of different ways.
3: So when we did that and then the boys came to us and then kind of just little pieces of the pie just started falling into place. Right. We made the jump and we decided to sell again, just kind of not just our house, but then sort of most everything we own mm-hmm. um, with the exception of like a small 10 by 10 storage for things that we'll just never get rid of. And um, from there we, the RV and started hitting the road
1: yeah we we had thought you know okay tiny house maybe like when we started discussing this at the end of 2019 we thought let's let's sell our house let's simplify in all kinds of ways um, because really I feel like a lot of things we just knew were so unnecessary that we realized we really didn't need as much as we had and we didn't even i mean we had a 1400 square foot house so it wasn't like we even had you know this big four thousand square foot house we just thought we wanted to simplify everything Mm -hmm. in our life and
3: living minimal kind of wasn't just something that we decided like living minimal kind of started with me way back where i would i looked one day at my t-shirt collection and i realized i have like 70 t-shirts no one needs 70 t-shirts right and so I whittled it down and then I started living like, OK, if I buy a new T-shirt, I'm one's going out. So one in, one out. And then I started doing it with a lot of other things in our in my life. And then Delin started doing it with things in her life. And it just sort of became over many years, not not right. something overnight, right. many years where we adopted not really minimalism, but just the idea of we don't need excess. Right. We need what we need and that's what we need.
1: Right. I think we started learning that too as we were traveling because we would take our kids and go travel for three weeks and you'd be surprised what you can live off of with just two bins <laughs> on the top of your car.
3: Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: or backpackers. were huge backpackers. Yep, so we would when, go...
3: when you hike, you know, 30, 40 miles into the wilderness, you have to carry everything. So you realize the first time you go and you're like, I'm taking this. I'm taking this. That. And then the next time you backpack, you're like, I'm never taking that <laughs> yeah. because I have to carry that like 80 miles round trip.
1: Like, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh,
2: the simplified life that, that we said was kind of going to be our talk today, um, began really with you just trying to figure out the difference between the excess and the need. Yes. Is, Is, is that a good place for people to begin that are wanting to, to think about simplifying their life?
3: I think it is because I think a lot of times people look at being simplified or even minimalism and that they like have this pain like, oh, my gosh, I have to get rid of everything. Like if I I, my house has to be bare and has to be empty. And I think that's really kind of missing the point. Yes, there are those that do that and adopt to that style of life. And that's okay. But if they really want to simplify, then they have to ask themselves the question, what is bringing value to my life? Do I really genuinely need this? You know, And those can be hard questions to answer, right? One of the last things that was honestly the hardest to get rid of, this is a stupid, like most embarrassing thing to admit. I have tools because I like (laughs) to fix things. Okay. And if you watched it on one of our Mm -hmm. YouTube channel episodes, I literally, even in the RV, had like (laughs) nine different of the same kind of screwdrivers, like flathead who needs nine different flathead screwdrivers? Well, even in an RV, I decided that I needed that. And it was like, it was such an eye opener, Johnny, because I went through like all this massive minimalism change and and reduction and stuff, but yet still clung on to screwdrivers, you know? Mm. And I think that, You know, a lot of people just have to understand that it's a journey. Take it piece by piece. And if you really are trying to simplify and minimalize, you'll start looking at life differently. It's not like you wake up Monday morning and you start throwing things out. It's it's a process. And and just enjoy the journey of learning what you can live without, what you actually need and what you don't really have to have.
2: I think for for those that are that would want to explore um, what. I call, and I think we both use the term uh, the same, the simple life, Um, you know, for us, it was a house fire and we were forced out of our house with three weeks worth of clothing for eight months. And it was when we came back to the house and they brought all of the stuff back in and we saw just how much excess we had, like what you were saying, it really blew our entire family away. And what we didn't understand during those eight months away for us, I mean, five Five basically adults living in a two bedroom suite for eight months in a hotel downtown uh, was what we went through. But we didn't realize until we came home that in those eight months, our values as individuals and as a family had changed. And yeah. uh, we really began to value times together, doing things together outside of just sitting and watching a movie or something, but literally going and doing something. And we valued uh, having less. And, and so we went through this whole thing over several months um, of us individually. It wasn't like as a family, we sat down and did this. We just started noticing each other doing it. We'd come out and there'd be a bag of stuff with a Goodwill label on it. And it was one of the kids saying, dad, I really don't need all of this stuff, but somebody else yeah. does. Yeah. And we just began to realize that for everything that, that was excess, you know, for us, we were robbing God of a chance to put that in somebody's hands who needed it.
3: Yeah. So a shirt. Th- go ahead. No, no, finish up.
2: So a shirt sitting in the closet, like you're saying, a t-shirt that maybe got worn twice a month or twice a year, uh, could really be a benefit to somebody else, whereas it's not really that beneficial to us. So I, I think for people, they need to discover the values, um, and, and and then put those values into play because yeah. we really do. We live with so much stuff that that the stuff can keep us from enjoying life.
3: And that's really when we set off to do our Not So Perfect Life YouTube channel. We kind of just were not doing it for the fact of like, hey, notice us, but we wanted to give our kids the experience of life and really not just the mundane of the like the rat race inside of the city, but we wanted to experience life, right? Experience history, go touch, you know the mountain go touch where a war once was back in the civil war go walk the streets where this you know famous thing happened and actually like experience those things firsthand and so documenting it for us sort of started out like we want this for our 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 life just to see it to, mm-hmm. to remember it and then when we realized how valuable this could be to other people to encourage and inspire others that's when we saw like whoa there's an opportunity to help Someone, another family, another couple, learn to experience life differently. Even though they don't, maybe even have an RV, right? But where can they experience life in their own neighborhood differently to be inspired to see things in an encouraging and a different perspective? You know.
2: Well, I th- I think that's exactly what is happening, and that's why I'm putting the link in the description, and I would encourage everybody to go and watch a couple of episodes. Um, I'll tell you one of my favorite ones outside of the. The one that you were kind of referencing there where you were fixing the slider on the RV. Um, Honestly, though, one of the ones that stands out to me the most was the ones where you went to Washington to the apple orchard. And um, you got the uh, what was it? Was it the Canadian honey? Is that Mm -hmm. what that was? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. And seeing your family. I think you were with your mom. Is that correct, Jason? Um, Seeing your family walking through those groves, doing that shopping and your boys being there, the young boys, just a great expression of what family in a simple way should be. And so many times we talk about excess in our life of the stuff in the house, but we also live in excess with a busy schedule. And yes. we, we run from one thing to the next and we miss these opportunities of exploring life and the world that God created with our kids. And I think you do such a wonderful job of putting that on display. I know, Jason, you work a lot on those videos, but I think it's funny that a photography business that you kind of happened into that you didn't know anything about uh, combined with both of your love for travel has now produced a channel that can inspire people in ways that maybe you didn't even think they were going to be able to. Um, but, uh, so guys go and watch this. I'm serious. And <laughs> so I know, I know you guys said that you lost your jobs and that kind of spurred this, but you're living in an RV, man, that still costs cash. So w- <laughs> what did you get involved with to help make this possible?
1: Well, um, Actually, we, so simultaneously, right at the same, right in the same time that we were deciding, okay, we're selling our house. We're not exactly sure yet what, what we're going to do from there. um, We have some friends that were starting a project um, called the FAM project. And it's all about family awareness. And they want to literally create a movement, which is the fam part, family awareness movement, that is talking about some of the things you just now brought up, which is, hey.
3: Like disconnect to connect. Disconnect from the things that you are plugging yourself into, devices, work.
1: Life, you know. And, uh, like, for instance, literally last night we worked on something that we put out together. And it said, um, some, some days,
3: the most productive things you will do will look like this. And it was a father and a son playing checkers together.
1: Right. Yeah. And the point is we're kind of allowing life to just pass us by without being intentional, without being aware of the investments that we're making into our children the investment we're making into our relationship you or know?
3: lack of it because we allow other things to dictate our time
1: right and the the, the popular saying the grass is always greener you know right. wherever else well we often say the grass is greener where you water it and that goes for all of your relationships, everything that you're putting yourself into, wherever, whatever you are watering, that's where it's going to be green. And that might be your work. And honestly, I I personally feel like everything that's happened and taken place with 2020, there's actually quite a lot of positive benefits that have came from it. I agree. Um, yes, with a lot of turmoil, if you will. Um, but it has literally put the pause on the society that we've created that is busy 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 and it's forced people to slow down i mean places are closing early again places are you know people are actually working from home and being able to not have an hour long uh, commute to work each day and you know they're they're able to be at home so i think that if you can If you can really stop to look and see hey these are the most important relationships in my life right now and it won't always be that way your kids grow up and they move on but right now you know don't let life pass you by and let them just grow right before your eyes and they're gone take the time to invest in your kids and so it's but it's about being aware and if you're not aware of those things you will just kind of be so busy that life just passes you by so um we felt very fortunate and it was something that was already really in our hearts before they had approached us to be working with them and so what we create content for them because it really is who we are and so yeah. it kind of comes out of us naturally <laughs> and we're able to do that from the road and so once we had um, gotten involved with that we realized we can do this from anywhere in the country that we are yeah and that that doesn't change you know who we are no matter where we are and
3: they're cool with us being able to, they're fully aware of what we do. They always ask us on every zoom call, where in the world are we? And so they're very much a part of and supportive of what we're doing. Um,
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, our kids are even involved. We ask them about some of the the content that we create and they've helped us create memes and, you know, (laughs) because we want to have their, their mindset even invested in this and being aware about what, what a family is.
2: So if we were to put a link, which I plan on doing in the description also to the fam project, um, which is something I can tell those of you that are listening today that you really need to get involved in this podcast. I mean, in the, the YouTube channel our not so perfect life and um, check out the fam project because there's some great information in there that can help you um, restructure reorient rediscover family values that really can make your family time come alive. Um but just quickly if if someone was to go to the fam project, uh, how could they find some resources that could help their families regardless of where they are?
3: There's a section um right on the front page of the website as soon as they go on to the famproject.com. Go to the section called articles and in there Um, you know, Dylan and I spent a lot of time writing all of the blogs that you will see there. And in those articles, it really outlines like how to have a better relationship, how to enjoy your, your family game night, what to do for a family game, night, how to reach and talk to your teenager. Like how in the world am I supposed to meet and be able to speak with my teenager when I don't even know how to spell Snapchat, much less use it. Right, And so you know what I mean? Like, and so there are so many parents that feel just completely lost in a mean culture, in a, in a culture where kids are just constantly like this right in front of their device. And so we really, we walk through like things with parents on a realistic like level, not scholarly. Like mm-hmm. remember I graduated from the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. So I talk to parents and so does my wife via street sense. Uh, we're street smart
1: we want to just give practicality as to what what can you even do when everybody's at home what how in the world if if you know let's say another you know school shut down again how in the world can i do this without losing my mind
3: or getting arrested (laughs) right
1: (laughs) you know um so it's really all about uh, connecting in the relationships that you have and so looking at the articles would be i think the very first thing because there's lots of different resources and ideas there um and a cool piece to probably worth bringing up is we're working really hard um on something coming out in 2021 called the is it i don't want to butcher it but i think it's the family survival the
3: S- family survival summit yeah it's a summit where uh we it's pulled an- we pulled speakers together from all over the country Uh, professionals in the industry, people who are just like, kind of like us, couples like us who just live life and have a level of influence. And they're pulling them together to kind of just help parents launch 2021. Yeah. Like put the dumpster fire of 2020 behind us. Right. And let's move forward with a different mindset. Yeah,
1: And it's all virtual and it's all free. So anybody can join in on, you know, and there will be more information coming out in the next few weeks um, about that, but it's free for anybody to go to. So that would be a cool resource as well, because (laughs) then you'll get plugged into lots of different people and be able to hone in on the area that, someone
3: might personally need some direction on, you know, finance, moms, dads, blended family, health and wellness,
1: whatever it might
2: be. Well, we have covered the gamut today and I want to have you guys (laughs) back, but, um, I usually, and I'll give you a second to get ready. I usually give everybody about a minute, um, to just say whatever they want to say, uh, that's on their heart to the listeners. But I want to do this right now. Um, that, uh, and this is going on record, um, but Jason and Delin, God puts you in our life and Shandra and I pray for you regularly. Ever since that night at Chili's in Oklahoma City, we pray for you and wow. um, we are going to find some way to get you involved in our life and what we're doing at New Life, whether it's some kind of a focus weekend where we can time it with you guys to come in and just talk. There are so many broken people from marriages that are broken that don't believe they can find happiness again. And if they spend any time with you, Oh my word, happiness is what you make it. It, it doesn't just happen. It, it It's what yeah. you make it. And, um, you guys are such a blessing and I love your YouTube channel. I pray that God just continues to expand it. Um, and that, that you just continue to influence um, people to live life in a simple way that is Christ centered, but is very practical. You know, we've got a lot of perfect, come on, Jason, we both are in the ministry, um, you know, in Delinas too. But I mean, we've all been around professional theologians and I believe that 2020, while, while all the, Preachers were saying 2020 is a year of of vision. No, I think it was a year of vision correction. And I think from this point forward, uh, beginning right now, practical theologians are going to be what God is going to begin using in great ways. How can you take things and put them in practical steps that can help people experience a life God desires them to have. And I just tell you, man, I bless you. I love you guys. And I'm honored that you were, you were here today, but now I want to give you a minute uh, to say anything (laughs) you want to say to any, anybody out there, words of encouragement. Go.
3: Um, Well, I'll I'll go first. I'll just be real quick. Um, You know, when I was a youth pastor back in the day, I used to say a phrase all the time and I never really realized the impact of it until I started fleshing it out in my own life. And it was this, Wherever Jesus went, life happened. Every place he went. If there was death, life was resurrected. If there was hurting, life happened. And that started to become something that I just would constantly think about in my life. I don't know really how to be the hands and feet of Jesus, if I'm being honest. Like I can help, I can clothe, I can give a cup of water, I can do all those things like what scripture might say. But if I can show up in somebody's life, and just make an impact in it just by being myself and being what I can just do to bring life to that person a smile to their face you know the cashier at the grocery store like you know the gas station attendant who looks like he's ready to tear one's head off if I can make them smile with a goofy comment then I'm showing up and life is happening and you know Just for me as a dad, as a husband, as a friend, someone in this community of the world that I live in, you know, I get to travel all over the country and and I'm really fortunate to be able to do that. We work hard. We don't have silver spoons. We're not trust fund babies. We work hard for everything that people see out online on our channel. But even then, electronically, if I can meet someone electronically through our face on our channel and... We can bring life to them, I can bring life to them, then I am effectively walking out and being the hands and feet of Jesus. And, you know, that is really valuable to us to just wherever we go, mm-hmm. life shows up.
2: Amen. Dylan?
1: Well, I think the, I would just share what's impacted me the most um, through all the ups and downs of everything. <laughs> and that is just do the best with what you have right where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean that you have to be the best anything, but just do your best with what you have right where you are. Because then no matter what any of those circumstances are, um, you know that you're just putting forth the best effort that you can with what you have where you're at. And I think that um, that really is just a principle and something that has inspired and encouraged me to not feel like I have to get to a certain place before I can be a certain thing or do something. It's, it's looking at right here and right now and how can I just do the best with what I have, no matter what that is, even if it looks like it's not much, you know? So that's what I would say.
2: Well, I think those are some awesome words. And uh, I again want to thank you guys for being with me today on the Renewed You podcast check out the links in the description to go to their youtube channel and learn about our not so perfect life also there's links in there to delin's album i encourage you to get it on apple music and uh there's also a link to the fam project where you can go and get practical insights on how you can live a simple life with your family thanks again for listening today thanks jason thanks to for being with us we'll have you guys hey. back all right have a great day Live the renewed year life.